Hello, this is Randy Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Beth, and I am going to be talking about Jack Frost. Where did he come from? Let's find out. <laughs> well, I think that I have the answers because I will be talking about the Rankin-Bass Jack Frost Christmas special. Or winter special. Very fun. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about Mount Rushmore. Very fun. Lots of presidents on that mountain. Well, at least four. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, happy Groundhog Day, everybody. Also, happy Candlemas. Also, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Woo! So, all those things happening today as we're recording. So, we did have Groundhog Day with Punxsutawney Phil um, coming out this morning to see or not see his shadow. And does anyone know what happened? Nope. He did not see it. He did. He didn't see it, which means uh, early spring, basically. What? That's what? twice in a row he said early spring. So we'll see. Today feels like a spring kind of-ish day, so maybe he was right. Maybe. Maybe. Hope um, not. So, yeah, I know, we're kind of hoping for the opposite, right? So <laughs> thank goodness his uh, predictions aren't very accurate. So maybe, maybe this means yeah, more winter for us. We have hope. That's right. <laughs> It is also Super Bowl Sunday, so this year the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers will be playing each other, two well-deserving teams, arguable whether or not they're the most deserving if somebody likes <laughs> other teams, but they're pretty good. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely been years in the past when I think less deserving teams have gotten into the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, so this will come out after the Super Bowl. Let's hope that it's a good game and not like last year's Super Bowl. Right, right. Where nothing <laughs> happened until the second half. Right, so we are rooting for, at least Cole and I are rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs. They haven't won in a very long time. 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. Uh, so we're rooting for them. It, uh, most people are predicting the 49ers to win this, so it'll hopefully it'll be a good game. Yep. So neither of us are super invested in that. Cole is hosting a Super Bowl party, so... He has been trying to get um, different items from different places for that. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you would think for one of the biggest days in America that it would be pretty easy. Like, people would have Super Bowl swag out at stores. Yeah, you know, like parties. For parties, like Walmart, Target, right, Michaels, you know, whatever. Even, like, at the dollar store. Even the dollar store. Um, so yesterday, Dad and I went around... To, you know, we had some errands to run, but afterwards we ran to all the normal stores that you would think of, and there was nothing. No. no. I mean, like Dollar Tree, there's a Dollar Tree near our Michaels and our Target, and they had everything, including Mardi, Mardi Gras stuff. Which is yep. hilarious. But no football but stuff. But no Super Bowl stuff. <laughs> and it's not even like they had displays that were just empty. There no. were no displays. There was nothing. And I think we've talked about how, in terms of money spent, the Super Bowl is way up there. Right. In terms of American, I don't know if you could call it a holiday, but kind of American Events, holidays. Holiday. Yeah. yeah, it's considered like a big day for America. Yeah. yeah. So where did you end up finding I ended up having to go to Party City, a few cities over. Right. Um, and they had everything that I needed right in the front. That's good. Yeah. They had giant Super Bowl displays and... They actually had, uh, most of them were gone, but they had big, like, balloon bouquets of, like, Niners balloons. Oh, okay. So you could take, like, a whole, um, like, dozen or so balloons. Okay. Of all different shapes and sizes for, like, the 49ers. I didn't see any Chiefs ones. 
I like to think that that's because so many people were rooting for the Chiefs that they got sold out first. Maybe. Possibly. Well, the only thing I could think of for all the stores that didn't have those things is there was no local team. We're in Northern Virginia, so you think Redskins, Baltimore, Eagles, Steelers, even the Patriots have a lot of people down here. But Chiefs and 49ers, not so much. They're no. you know, Midwest, West Coast, so maybe that's why there weren't as many. Yeah, and actually, um, I saw an article the other day about somebody who um, he was trying to um, possibly get the Super Bowl to be on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. Oh. And I could kind of see why, because the next day, I mean, a lot of people don't come in to work. Right, especially if it's their team or whatever, because they're rooting hard. And it's sometimes hard to go to sleep after you've, you know, eaten a lot of junk food. Yeah. Probably had a lot of beers. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're stressing out, you'll tend to eat a lot more and also not feel like going into work the next day. Yeah. But it is Super Bowl Sunday. That's the, that's the whole... Right. Super Bowl Saturday. That's just ridiculous. I don't know. I kind of like the idea. I kind of like, I kinda like <laughs> the idea, too. <laughs> yeah, so that's very fun. So hopefully uh, the game will be good. Hopefully the groundhog will be wrong. And if you're celebrating Candlemas, which is the last uh, Christmas holiday of the uh, season, I hope you have a great Candlemas and all your candles burn bright. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack Frost is an interesting... <laughs> Guy, He comes in many different forms. As I was researching him, I realized there's not really one direct line back to where he came from. Are there, is, does he have three forms? Solid, liquid, vapor? <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to think about, you'll have to, I guess you'll have to wait and see. So Jack Frost is the personification of the winter season and the winter weather. He's been known in different ways. Specifically, I was looking for where he came from. So I'm going to give you some ideas of how this personification was seen throughout different countries. The Norse mythology, the Scandinavian one, was the one that my research kept pointing me back to. So that seems to be the most the most solid connection to maybe where Jack Frost came from. In Russia, we have Dead Moros or Morosko, which means Father Frost or King Frost. Next week, I'll get more in depth about some of these, but today we're looking at where he came from. In Finland, there's the legend of Frost Man and Frost Woman who can control the weather and must keep good conditions for the reindeer to live. In England, it's the personification of Frost itself. But we're going to come back to England in a little bit because England has a special part to play in Jack Frost. Hmm. In Japan, there's Frost Man and his brother Mist Man. So Frost Man is the keeper of the frost and Mist Man is the keeper, keeper of, of the, the frost. Oh. Or do. <laughs> also the keeper of the frost. No. <laughs> He's a keeper of the dew or mist. Oh. In Germany, there's Old Mother Frost, who was a white-haired crone, which cracks me up. That's how it's stated it. Rude. She's a white-haired <laughs> crone who shook out a blanket to create snow. Well, honestly, it's in Germany, so she could have also eaten children. She probably, time. yeah, that's true. Lived in the Black Forest. Yeah. She could have been a crone, yeah. Not like, oh, there's a nice, kindly, white-haired old lady who shook out her blanket to make snow. No. White-haired she was crone. A crone. In Greece... There was a little bit more 
of a mythology, and this makes sense because the Greeks had an extensive mythology. There were four wind gods. Boreas. Boreas? Yes. Boreas was the winged god of the north wind. At the onset of winter, he would fly out of the mountains of Thrace, which was northeast of Greece, and he would bring winter with him. So that was a little fun. That was cute. <laughs> Celtic lore, and it's a, Celtic lore is, is another one that is always so rich. It was interesting because a hag, <laughs> a hag named Kalage was born on Samhain, which is All Hallows' Eve. And she brought winter until she was defeated by a goddess named Brigid, I'm guessing in the spring. So I guess she was just born evil. Uh, she was a hag. We don't know. Are hags inherently, inherently evil? Well, that sounds like a topic for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> next week for our hag podcast. <laughs> the Hags and Crone podcast. The Hags and Crone mythology podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it'll be a spinoff podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're going to take that one, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll look into the Hags and Crones. I'm going to go back now to the Norse mythology in Scandinavia. There were, and this is, this is a little in depth, so I tried to break it down. I think it's hard to be a little in depth. <laughs> I think those two don't don't uh, work together. It started out as the son that Jack Frost was the son of Carey, who was the Norse the Norse god of the winds, and he was related to the Norse frost giants. That's what I started out as seeing. But then Carey K R I was talk. They talked about it being a woman. So, lot, some different things going on there. In the end, this is what I can tell from a variety of research that I did. This is where Jack Frost came from. And it's very interesting from Norse mythology. The first being was created from fire and ice. His name was Emir, which means screamer. Okay? So, that's like the Titans, right? The, isn't that Greek? That's Greek, yeah. Yeah, the Greek Titan. So, there's the first one. So, Ymir, Ymir was the first one. Ymir became the father of Jotnar, which arose from his sweat. Gross. This includes dwarves <laughs> and giants. So, now you, you know, you think back to the frost giants, right? That we just, that I heard a little snippet of earlier. You, that's just funny. We heard a little snippet from the frost giants earlier. <laughs> that's right. What I <laughs> said about the frost clip. giants earlier. <laughs> So, we have Ymir, the screamer. He was the first. He made the dwarves and giants. Odin was a descendant of Ymir. He eventually kills Ymir. And of Ymir's three sons, Kerry the wind is the father of the frost giants. Now we have Odin. And we know Odin from Norse mythology because if anybody knows the Marvel comics, right? Thor, Odin. Odin was the father of Thor. Loki. Loki, exactly. Odin was a descendant of that first one. Carrie's children include... One, two, three, four, five, six. There are six children. One is Yokel, which... Are you sure you don't mean Yodel? It's Yokel because he's local. Okay. <laughs> Yokel. That's just, it's, it's just local with a Norse accent. <laughs> I was going to say... Not that, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say Jokel, but you said um, the J is a Y. In, yeah. It sounds in, like a Y. In Scandinavia, it's a okay. Y. 
So yokel means icicle. So yokel means icicle. These are Carrie's children. Frosty means frost. Thory means bear frost. Fawn means packed snow. Drifa means snowdrift. And Mjol means fine snow. So these are all of Carrie's children. So clearly um, there's a whole frost thing happening here. Frosty was, it's F-R-O-S-T-I. I I keep thinking like Frosty the Snowman. It's not that. Um, So Frosty is Carrie's most powerful descendant and he ruled the far north. He wore silver armor that was impenetrable to arrows and rides a storm horse. Ooh, is, I want a storm horse. Yeah, really. <laughs> so Frosty, the most powerful descendant of Carrie, who is Ymir's son. And also not a snowman. And not a snowman. But has, now that you said that, I can't stop thinking about that. I know. Like Frosty the snowman, but with like a Viking helmet on. And silver armor. And silver And a storm armor. horse. And a storm horse. <laughs> So, Frosty has a son named Snare, S-N-A-E-R. Is that how you pronounce it? Snare? I I think so. Which means snow. Who was a king that ruled Finland? What? They're throwing Finland in there, too. So, (laughs) so it's quite the mythology. Can't just do that. Uh (laughs) Yeah, I remember when um, we were being homeschooled, uh, you always got me these uh, mythology books. I love mythology. Uh, Norse and Egyptian. Yeah. Um, and I remember all of this from the Norse mythology books. Uh, I can even I can even picture uh, like the images of Ymir in my mind. It's so um, funny. I don't think they mentioned Frosty. <laughs> I think I had different books for Frosty. Yeah, Christmas yeah. Books. That's right. That's right. Different Frosty though. So that was fun, and it was fun to, to think about all the different books that I had gotten you, because I, I actually graduated in anthropology yeah. from Penn State, so I'm I I'm sure we still cultures. have them around. Well, probably. I tried to give a lot of them away, Did because you, even to the, other kids. The yeah, Norse other, mythology books, too? I think so. It's hard to tell. I, it was Some of them I held on to, so mm. maybe they're over there. But yeah, a lot of the mythology was... Remember we went to Hawaii? We had Hawaiian mythology. Yes, I remember we had a few books of Hawaiian mythology. Right, just fascinating stuff. So we're going to now go back to... From Frosty and Snow to England. This is where we get the actual Jack Frost Yeah, from so I England. About, I was about to say, Jack is not a very um, Scandinavian name, is it? It is not. Jack Frost. So he's had all these Frost names, Frost mythology. So throughout the world, throughout the world that has snow, there is a Frost mythology of some kind that has come out of that. Mm -hmm. And most research shows that this came about in the 1500s or 1600s. Jack was a common slang term for man, like jack of all trades. There's, There's a variety of them. And it's usually a clever or funny type of fellow. So we'll get into that next week, the next podcast. A clever or funny kind of fellow. (laughs) But I'd like to leave us, since I've just whet your appetite and you probably are feeling unfulfilled about Jack Frost and want to know so much more, which I will provide that next week. But I found a bunch of poems, so I just wanted to end with a poem. This is not my poem. I did not write this poem. (laughs) I told Dad today earlier that I was going to write poems. (laughs) 
it's not mine. This is from Hannah Flag Gold, and I forget what the date was on this. Let me see if it has it, but it was a long time ago. Okay, I don't know. So, <laughs> so it's called The Frost, and it's a personification of frost, just like what we're talking about. The frost looked forth on a still clear night and whispered, Now I shall be out of sight. So through the valley and over the height, I'll silently take my way. I will not go on like that blustering train, the wind and the snow, the hail and the rain, that make so much bustle and noise in vain, but I'll be as busy as they. He flew up and powdered the mountain's crest. He lit on the trees and their boughs he dressed. With diamonds and pearls and over the breast of the quivering lake he spread. A bright coat of mail that it need not fear, the glittering point of many a spear, that he hung on its margin far and near, where a rock was rearing its head. He went to the windows of those who slept, and over each pane like a fairy crept. Wherever he breathed, wherever he stepped, most beautiful things were seen. By morning's first light, there were flowers and trees with bevies of birds and swarms of bright bees that were cities, temples, and towers, and these all pictured in silvery sheen. But one thing he did that was hardly fair, he peeped in the cupboard and finding there that none had remembered for him to prepare. Now just to set them a-thinking, I'll bite their rich basket of fruit, said he. This burly old pitcher, I'll burst it in three, and the glass with the water they've left for me shall thick to tell them I'm drinking. Now thick was, I had to look that up because it, it doesn't actually say thick. It says T-C-H-I-C-K. So I had to look that up to see what that meant, and it is actually thick. So the water froze. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to guess. Basically. So... It tells all the, all the, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, Jack Frost comes at night and you wake up to the silvery, beautiful landscape. Or we don't have this anymore. But I, when I grew up, I had, there would be frost on the windows. Yep. And it was so pretty. It was just the neatest thing. And um, we don't have those because our windows are better insulated. Right. <laughs> so we never have that. But, so there's this beauty and this, this quiet and this kind of amazing scene but there's also you know it can also break pictures and there's a freeze there's a destructive element yeah yes and it can freeze water which isn't good for your drinking and it can you know kill your basket of fruit if it's out and it gets frosted so it was just i thought it was just a really fun poem very, you know, appropriately poetic. We were talking before the podcast about how Jack Frost is one of those unique kind of characters that is uh, not either wholly good or wholly bad. Right. right. He is more something that I think people could relate to where sometimes he does good things and sometimes he does bad things. Right. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of an interesting uh, character in the liturgy, the literature of all those different types of characters where right. he's kind of both. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes in movies or TV shows, he's on one side and sometimes he's on the other side. And sometimes he's both. Yeah. And I, and apparently he gets a little bitter sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes he is 
made of animagic <laughs> from the Reich and Bass studio. That sounds magical. It sounds mag- animagical. <laughs> so if you have been following the podcast for any length of time and um, you have tuned into many of our Christmas episodes, you will know that I love the Rankin Bass movies. They are wacky and weird, and there's nothing really that's like them that's out there. True. Um, and they are just a blast to watch. And a lot of people uh, have a lot of nostalgia towards them, too. I think that Jack Frost by Rankin Bass is probably my favorite. We never watched it a lot because I know it's not any of uh, your favorites. I would like to see it again, actually. I don't remember a lot about it. I mean, he's, he looked, I think he's a cute little elf thing. Yeah, yeah, he's a little elf guy. Sprite. Sprite. Kind of like a gray-white yeah. color, silver, gray-white color. Yeah. Um, now, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, it's kind of between those two. I think Santa Claus is Coming to Town might be my favorite still, but Jack Frost is close. Interesting. What uh, Do you guys have any favorite Rankin-Bass movies? Mm-hmm. Rudolph. Is probably my favorite. Rudolph. And um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, I think that's the same thing. I remember um, Colin and I watching Rudolph, I think, this past season. And at one point, Hermie, the little elf, built a uh, snowman of his boss and literally, like, punched the snowman. <laughs> we were like, oh, some anger management issues there, Hermie. Yep. <laughs> and it's Santa just was just... Santa was a little bit mean. In that yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really like... Like, I love Rudolph and... Um, Yukon Cornelius yeah, is probably my favorite character out of any of the Rankin-Bass movies, mm-hmm. but I'm not a big fan of how um, they just kind of were mean to Rudolph till they needed him. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, he but had his friends nostalgic. that did appreciate him, but everyone else was like, yay, Rudolph, do this for us. Yeah. yeah. And now um, you can play but, reindeer games. Yep, there is, there is nostalgia there. So, if you're unfamiliar with Rankin-Bass... Uh, it is, a lot of people call it claymation, but it's an animagic. Um, so it's a stop-motion form of making movies. And honestly, I'm not really going to be able to convey what it is over a podcast. Like, you really have to go check it out. If... Yeah, and I think the key is that it's not clay. It's, um, it's, it's... all sorts of materials. Yeah. Uh, animagic is a good way to... Right, and the characters are pretty big. They are. They're not like the Like, you don't, yeah... You don't have a good, unless you see them, the yeah. process of making it, Yeah. Um, which, you know, is, re- is actually really cool to see specials about how they make it. But let me get to Jack Frost, the movie itself. So it premiered on NBC uh, on December 13th, 1979, and it is narrated by Pardon Me Pete, who's a <laughs> groundhog, um, and not just a ripoff of Punxsutawney Phil, I'm sure. But he has a little uh, hat and waistcoat. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> lives and, in a uh, little burrow. Punks and Tony He Phil. lives in a little burrow. And when he comes out, if he sees his shadow, there's six more weeks of winter. Oh. So the gimmick is that even though um, there's clouds out and there's no way he could see his shadow, he sees it anyways because Jack Frost makes a magical shadow. Ah. So he sees that and he goes, he pretends to be scared and runs back in. Um, and yeah, he gets to sleep for six more weeks. Good. And Jack Frost gets more winter. And Jack Frost gets to play with more winter. Fun. That which sounds is, great. Which is fun. Yeah. That is it didn't take concept. me long to explain that. He takes a lot longer to explain that in, <laughs> in the movie. Which he, is good because, you know, it's a movie. He falls, yeah. 
the movie opens up with, uh, pardon me, Pete, and then switches to the town of January Junction. Ah. Uh, which Classic. is called January Junction, but looks like feudal Poland. Like, it doesn't look like... You'd think of... If you said January Junction, you'd think of, like, oh, a train port or, yeah, or like, something like, something like that. No, it's just, like, a collection of maybe, like, ten little peasant houses. Oh, okay. So it's not even, like, a, a dismal town, like, in um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. No, it's just kind of a crappy <laughs> little town. A little crappy, <laughs> tiny town. But there's a, there's a massive castle on a mountain nearby, which I will get to. No worries. Okay. Um... So, Jack Frost flies around January Junction, making snow and frost and um, freezing everything, and he saves the life of a girl named Elisa, who is on a pond, which breaks apart, and she is always telling, um, like, family members and friends and stuff that the only person that she loves is Jack Frost. They don't know that Jack Frost is there or is real because he's invisible, but he actually thinks that she's in love with him. So he goes to Father Winter, who is the personification of winter and um, actually interestingly blows winter like snow out of his horn onto the, the landscape below. So then we cut to one of the most fun parts of the of the movie, which is the snow kingdom and just the weird way that they have all of these like winter elements work. So there's a there's a man for making hail and um, a pair of sleet sisters <laughs> who wring That's out funny. a cloth and the sleet falls to the ground from the cloth. Um, there is Snip who I love Snip. Snip, yep, who snips each individual snowflake to make it special, and then gives the snowflakes to the snow gypsies. <laughs> who take it to the edge of the cloud and toss each one at a specific angle to land where it needs to on Earth. Wow. Yep, and then That's there's... so much work. There's so much work. There's so many snow gypsies. <laughs> but only one snip. Yeah, only it seems like he would be the, the, like the choke point for the yeah, whole process. Yeah. But, right. <laughs> right, and um, the movie seems to indicate that he doesn't snip them very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Like, when you're watching the process, it's kind of like, snip, 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 snip. So time must work differently. Time must snip. work differently. Like in Hallmark movies. Yes. Like in Hallmark movies, yeah. <laughs> montage. And then, and then there's... Uh, <laughs> snip montage. And then there's Holly, who is a tiny snow gypsy, who he gives the most special snowflakes to, and she stores them in a special place, and those are all the Christmas snowflakes. Oh, that's cute. Which is cute, yep. So he goes to Father Winter, and he says, I want to be human. Because I want to... Jack Frost says. Jack Frost says. And Father Winter's like, oh, why don't you give me a couple centuries to think about it? (laughs) And then he says, nope, it's going to be too late. So Father Winter agrees and sends him to Earth as human with the caveat that he he must acquire a few things to stay human before spring comes. A bag of gold, a horse a home, and a wife. How long does he have to do that? So it is the beginning of winter winter now, and before spring. So about three months. Yep, so he has a few months to (laughs) get a house, get gold, a horse, and And a wife. wife. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the problem with all of this is that the land is being dominated by the evil Kubla Kraus, Ah. who is the king of the Cossacks. 
but even the Cossacks aren't there anymore because he was so... Me? He was, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. So unlikable that the Cossacks left him. And he sings a song about it. Oh, that's good. <laughs> he does, yeah. At least, you, he, has uh, his, at least he, he has his song in his heart. Could you sing a few bars of it? Sure. I'm Kubla Kraus. I'm king of all the Cossacks. But there are no Cossacks to be king of. There's the rub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that song has there's the rub like throughout. That's, that's like, yeah, the chorus is yeah. there's the rub. Rub a dub a dub dub dub. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, but he is um, this large fellow with this big, uh, like crooked nose, giant black beard, and um, sort of this uh, large kind of Slavic-looking red fur hat. Um, and he, because no one likes him, and everyone that he knows left him, he had to make all of his friends and subjects out of um, iron. So he has a butler that's made of clockwork, a horse that runs on steam, and he has his legions of knights. <laughs> who are opposed to knights. <laughs> his knights, who are iron soldiers. Um, and apparently, I guess he has a lot of time on his hands because he has everything and just lives in his castle, but he has thousands of these things. This kind of reminds me of a Scooby-Doo kind of villain where he can make these things with no He's apparent money or resources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, even so, ma- he even makes uh, mice. Yep, even the mice are yeah. clockwork. Yeah, that's interesting. So nobody has any money because um, Kubla Krause took all of their money in taxes. The people of January Junction love it when winter comes around because they make snow money. They take the icicles that form... And use saws to saw snow coins, and then use that as currency for the winter. Well, There's creative. snow money like snow money. There's snow money like snow money. <laughs> um, so then, of course, they sing you know songs about that too. <laughs> the snow money song. Yeah. Sure. Um, These are just common songs that we all sing throughout the winter, right? <laughs> as all families would. So of course, Jack becomes human, and he goes down, and he says that his name is Jack. Snip, because Ah. Snip gave him a pair of his scissors, which say Snip on them. So he runs a tailor shop in the town of January Junction uh, with his two friends, Holly and Snip, who comes up with some long, elaborate, Greek-sounding name. (laughs) That's funny. um, Who have also turned human, and Father Winter sent them down to make sure that Jack was safe. Oh, okay. Which was nice of him. He yeah, was, was nice yeah. of him. Well, I mean, it's not like he sent soldiers. He sent the, mm. the what, the snow tailor. The and snow tailor. winter gypsy. And the little <laughs> cute winter gypsy. Yep, and you could have you could have sent, like, 500 gypsies down to, you could have given him a little army to take on right, Kubla right. Krauss and his knights. Yeah. Um, but. Nope. So, Elisa is the girl that said she loved Jack Frost. So, he... She's charmed by Jack Snip, but she has this romantic dream of a knight in golden armor coming to sweep her off her feet. Wow. And wouldn't you know it, Sir Ravenaugh, who went away with King Arthur, shows up in actual golden armor. On a horse. On a horse. So she was kind of using Jack Frost as an excuse not to date other people. Like, she had a vision of what she wanted, and by golly, she was going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she wasn't going to settle for anything right. else. Got no. That. Yeah, and they were always telling her, like, oh, you're too romantic. Um, but 
Eventually, she is kidnapped by Kubla Kraus, of course, of the, course. E- the evil Cossack king, but there are no Cossacks anymore. There's the rub. That's <laughs> right. A dub-dub-dub. <laughs> a dub-dub-dub. <laughs> he could have been a Raja, but there are no elephants around here. There's the rub. There's the rub. <laughs> Just to throw a few more lyrics into the, <laughs> of this genius song, really. <laughs> right. Um, it's actually one of my favorite songs, um, because it's... So Rankin Bass uh, yeah. esque um, and relatable and relatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Really? So there's the rub. A dub dub dub. Kubla Kraus takes her away on his mechanical horse named Clang Stumper. Le- that's a good name. That's it for a mechanical yep. horse. Yep. Yeah. Keeps her captive uh, using his army of knights as guards. So of course, when the townsfolk hear about this, her father and mother. Jack and his friends and Sir Ravenaugh all rush to the castle and Sir Ravenaugh um, uses a crossbow with a rope attached to shoot it into the side of this castle with the other, ta- with the other end attached to his horse and climbs up the rope in his full armor into the <laughs> castle. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the limit of suspension of disbelief for me. Right, yeah. I can buy knights and... <laughs> <laughs> and little clockwork mice? Yep, little clockwork mice. Just over so, the line. Of course, Sir Ravenaugh sweeps in and destroys the knights guarding um, Elisa, and he rushes away with her. But Jack and his friends try to sneak in from the back to save her, but they get captured by the knights. So Kubla Kraus is furious, and he says that he's going to punish January Junction by sending, um, I can't remember if he said 1,000 or 10,000 Kanites, but a large number, too many Kanites. For the itty-bitty town. For the itty-bitty town, (laughs) even the knight in golden armor, which just seems like a bad idea because gold does not make a great armor. It doesn't. It's not very protective. Yeah. Yeah. And all these Kanites are made out of solid iron. So... Jack Frost is in prison, and there's no way out. So what Jack Frost does is that he sacrifices his hope for humanity and tells Father Winter to make him into a spirit again. So then he buries the castle and all the knights in snow, and he does that for five weeks. He flies around the castle, keeping it frozen. But spring is coming, so Father Winter said that he has no choice but to listen to Mother Nature. And, of course, Mother Nature is uh, listening to... The whim of... Who do you think? Coop. Pardon me, Pete. Oh, <laughs> there's where he came in. Yep. So So he's not just a narrator. He's not just a narrator. He's also part of the story. Um, so if Pardon Me Pete sees his shadow and is scared back into his hole, then there's going to be six more weeks of winter. So, of course, Jack... Um, it's a cloudy day, so there's no way that he'll see his shadow. But Jack rushes down and makes his magical shadow... And scares part of me, Pete, back into his hole. Um, with some terrifying shadow images. Uh, not just like, oh, his shadow's there on the ground. <laughs> Father Winter lets Jack become human and gives him um, a short amount of time to still try to fulfill his goal of the gold, the horse, the house, and the wife. Um, so... Kubla Kraus is knocked unconscious by the melting snow breaking the beams of his house, of his castle. And uh, Jack rushes in and uses uh, a little ventriloquism to heave 
Kubla Krauss up onto a window above his knights, um, and Kubla Krauss has a little dummy, ventriloquist dummy that he uses to tell himself that he's good looking and stuff like that, <laughs> named Dami. So um, Jack imitates Dami's voice and tells the knight, the knights, to take a mountain pass into the village instead. Um, but the mountain pass has been completely frozen over by Jack, so all the knights go tumbling down and are destroyed in a giant iron knight pile. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And uh, Kubla is furious, so he tries to attack Jack, but but has too much momentum going forward, so he hurls himself out the window, and Father Frost uses his horn to blow Kubla Krauss away. Ah. Yep. So there's no redemption to Kubla Krauss. Yep. He's just gone. There's the rub. Yep. Jack has three of the things that he needs then because he uh, he claims Clang Stomper for himself. He has Kubla Krause's gold and now he has Kubla Krause's castle. Alright. So what he needs is a wife. But when he goes down into the village, uh, he finds out that Elisa is getting married to Sir Ravenal. Hmm. That doesn't work out well for him. No, it didn't. Well, he was away for five weeks, so... It's a little hard to... Saving the village! Right, right. But they don't know he's Jack Frost. Right. So when he was talking to um, her father, he was saying, um, like, oh, I thought that she loved me. And uh, her father was like, no, she never loved you. (laughs) She just said that... (laughs) She never said she loved you. She said she loved Jack Frost and Sir Ravenel. So, which I'm sure stung a little bit. Yeah. But he ran out of time and was turned back into a spirit. But as uh, she was coming, as the two of them were coming out for their wedding, she was carrying a bouquet of red roses, which he flew in and turned white oh. as a way of blessing the, the marriage. Wasn't that a nice, nice guy? Yeah, so, not the happiest ending, but for him. still for him, right. Um, but still a very fun, um, yeah. very fun story. I can see why that didn't catch on, though. Yeah. It, like, people like the... The boy gets the It's kind of thing. like yeah. a little bit of, like, a tragedy, yeah, it is, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I love tragedies, so yeah. it works out for me. Yeah, yeah. who doesn't? Oh, wait, me. Who, who doesn't, yeah. <laughs> um, so there are so many fun songs in this movie, which I love. Um, there's the Kubla Krauss song. There's a song where... Because they're all poor, they don't have any Christmas presents. They give each other uh, empty boxes and then pretend that it's it's just what they always wanted inside. Um, And they sing a song about that. That's funny and sad, right? Those are the best kinds of things. (laughs) Things that are funny and sad. Um, There's that one. There's the Kubla Krauss song. There's the Me and My Shadow song, which, um, pardon me, Pete sings at the beginning. A lot of fun ideas and kind of a wacky world. And it's pretty self-contained. Everything kind of goes on in the same place. They don't try to make it, like, huge scale, like um, Rudolph's Shiny New Year. Right, yeah. So for me, every year, that is a Christmas classic. um, And I will always revisit it as much as I can. That's good. That's a neat one. I want to go watch it now. Well, that's very fun to learn about Jack Frost. Moving on from a season to a holiday, President's Day is coming up. So I figured that might as well talk about Mount Rushmore. So can any of you name the presidents on Mount Rushmore? Yes. Abraham Lincoln, 
George Washington. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Is it Andrew Jackson? No, it's uh, Jefferson. Yes. Thomas Correct. Jefferson. Very good. Mount Rushmore is a national memorial and is centered on a sculpture carved. So the president's faces are carved into the granite face of Mount Rushmore in the Black Hills in Keystone, South Dakota. So I didn't realize that the mountain, one, I didn't realize that it, it was named Mount Rushmore. I, I don't know where they got, I thought that they got the name from, but. Um, yeah, where'd they get that name? Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so sculptor Gutson Borglum. <laughs> okay. It's a fake in, name. Very unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when you're trying to like. Not say when someone asks you for your name and you don't want to say your name. <laughs> I've got some borglum. <laughs> well, okay, so his full name is John Gutson de la Monte Borglum. I'm probably watching now, but he was an American artist and sculptor. And he created the sculptor's design and oversaw the project's execution from 1927 to 1941 with the help of his son, Lincoln. So he was a fan of Lincoln. Oh, that's so funny. Lincoln. His son's name was Lincoln? <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to say something about Lincoln in, no. the, in Mount Rushmore. No. Lincoln um, Borglum? Yeah. <laughs> so the sculpture features the 60-foot heads of Presidents George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln, just as we have said. The four presidents were chosen to represent the nation's birth, growth, development, and pres- preservation and, res- and respectivity. So, um, originally, so they were going back and forth on who they should apparently carve into this mountain. So there was some back and forth on whether they should carve American West heroes, such as Lewis and Clark, um, and Buffalo Bill Cody. I'm familiar with Lewis and Clark, but not Buffalo Bill Cody, so I'm glad that they didn't do that. Yeah, (laughs) the only Buffalo Bill I know is from Silence of the Lambs, so I'm guessing that that's not not. what they were talking about. Wow, you guys need to check your history lessons, because there's a lot of information about Buffalo Bill. Yes. Um, But basically, um, the sculptor, Borglum, believed that the sculpture... Sculptures in the mountain should have a broader appeal, and thus he chose the four presidents. There is a whole website on, well, it, you can find more information on Mount Rushmore, on the National Park Service, nps.gov. So why these four presidents? So George Washington, there's a little blurb. Washington led the colonists in the American Revolutionary War to win independence from Great Britain. He was the father of the new country and laid foundation of America democracy. Because of his importance, yeah. Borglum chose Washington to be the most prominent figure on the mountain and represent the birth of the United States. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson was the primary author of the Declaration of Independence, a document which inspires democracies around the world. He also purchased the Louisiana Territory from France in 1803, which doubled the size of our country. Thus, Borglum chose Jefferson to represent the growth of the United States. Okay, so now we have the birth and the growth. Right. Now, Roosevelt. Roosevelt provided leadership when America experienced rapid economic growth as it entered the 20th century. He was instrumental in negotiating the construction of the Panama Canal linking the East and the West. He was known as the trust buster for his work to end large corporate monopolies and ensure the rights of the common working man. 
Thus, Borglum chose Roosevelt to represent the development of the United States. Okay. Birth, growth, development. Yeah. And finally, Lincoln. Lincoln held the nation together during its greatest trial, the Civil War. Lincoln believed his most sacred duty was the preservation of the Union. It was his firm conviction that slavery must be abolished. Thus, Borglum chose Lincoln to represent the preservation of the United States. Wow, that is a really good... That is interesting. Well thought out, yeah. Yeah. Rather than just four famous presidents. Right. Right? They're birth, growth, development, and... Preservation. Preservation. Yeah. And originally, um, so the reason why you only see heads. So apparently, it was supposed to be heads and torso. Oh my goodness, that would be ginormous. Yeah. But um, they ran out of, apparently they ran out of sponsor money. Okay. So you just have the heads. So, um... I think that's plenty. Yeah, I remember. Good thing they didn't run out like with just noses. Like, you have to know (laughs) that is Lincoln's nose. (laughs) I know. Well, (laughs) apparently, Borglum died before this um, fully came to be, Mm -hmm. and his son Lincoln um, finished the project. Yep. Neat. Yeah. So, um, that's just a little something about um, Mount Rushmore, something that uh, maybe you didn't know um, before the podcast. Yeah. 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 I didn't know how intentional it was. Yes. That's really neat. So, um, happy President's Day, and who is your favorite president? Let us know. That's great, Sydney. Thank you for that, and very timely, considering that February 17th, which is the first day of our future festivities for this week, is President's Day. February 18th is Battery Day. February 19th is Chocolate Mint Day. February 20th is Cherry Pie Day. February 21st, Sticky Bun Day. February 22nd is George Washington's birthday. Mm. February 23rd is Carnival Sunday. As always, you can follow us on social media at holidays underscore moons on Twitter. For Instagram, it's at holiday moons. On Facebook, you can find us on our Facebook page and on our group by searching holiday moons in the search bar. And you can contact us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Randy. Beth. Cole and Sydney. Happy Happy President's Day. Day!